Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to another interesting evening. Tonight's subject, Reopen America Now, with Mr. Mark Falzone and your host, the other host, Cisco Acosta. Join us tonight. We have a lot to talk about, broadcast and politics. And a shout out to Students for a Better Future, short writer Doreen Ann. She is fantastic. Please donate to Students for a Better Future. She does a great job. And um, what more can we say about Doreen Ann? She's yes, fantastic. She spends She's awesome. a lot. I wanted to say she expends a lot of her own resources. Yes. Yes, she does. She does. She's fantastic. But anyway, uh, we have all these states now are basically people are just tired of totally being in the house, being a prisoner in their own home, and they're coming out. Today was the state of Michigan. They went after that. I call her a witch. She's a a tyrant of a witch. Greta, Greta Whitmer. She's the governor, and she has already six lawsuits against her. And Mich- Wisconsin, the governor, another Democrat, you know, it, doesn't it appear that all these states where all these individuals are having so many problems and they're coming out to protest are Democratic-controlled states? Pennsylvania, we had, you know, against Governor Wolfie. I call him Governor Governor Wolf, but I call him Governor Wolfie. And of course, the state of New Jersey, the great state of New Jersey, Governor Murphy. I mean, he's basically going after everyone. Uh, And we cannot discount Governor Cuomo, another Democrat. You know, he's shutting down the the, the trains tonight. He was sending patients. Coronavirus patients into nursing homes. How outrageous. Why is the media not covering this? Why is he not being attacked or impeached for the type, the type of behavior governing the great state of New York where so many people have died? The majority of the cases throughout the United States have come from New York New Jersey, Michigan, Illinois, all these great blue states, Democratic-controlled states. You know, North South Dakota, we got the great governor of South Dakota, Christine Nome. She is doing a job. No lockdown, totally. Then I get a pushback from people. Well, that's a small state. Who lives in South Dakota? Hey, you know what? It may be a small state, but they're doing it. They're doing it without a lockdown or shutdown at all. We have Arkansas. We have Nebraska. And we have other states that are coming back. Texas. Uh, you know, the state of Florida. So, and it, ha- it has proven to me already that this lockdown has been totally wrong. For the country and wrong for the world. We have countries like Japan that have not had a lockdown or a shutdown and they're doing well. And they have not had 
the cases that New York and Spain and Italy have had, countries that have locked down totally. Taiwan is another country that has done well. Sweden, you know, people are still going to the restaurants. People are still, hey, getting together. So I believe that when we put medical doctors in charge of the economy, that's where we went wrong. And we need to stop that. And that's the reason the title of this show tonight is Reopen America, the whole country. Even though I do know that some of the country, uh, some of the states like New Jersey, New York, Illinois, California, you know, we got the tyrant in California, uh, Newsom, who said to this weekend, no one's going to be on the beach because I'm going to have my goons out there pushing everyone out. So that was my little rant, and we welcome Mr. Mark Falzone. Mark, welcome. Well, uh, you know, I don't know what's left to be said except the <laughs> fact Except several facts. Number one. Okay. Go ahead. We've been lied to fully for three straight years. Why does anyone think we're being told the truth now? Number one. Uh, I believe all the disease totals have been bloated and uh, uh, accelerated. Uh, And it, it isn't a true representation of going along. That's the first point. Who thinks that? The second point, do people realize that there are individuals and groups so malicious in their intent on damaging, hurting, causing pain for both President Trump and the American citizens? They do this eagerly. They, they they do this uh, with with uh, they're zealots about it. harm Trump harm America. You don't realize how Trump, even with all the opposition and severe headwinds, has overturned a lot of what the New World Order globalist anti-American yeah. demons have been. Uh, Performing and laying out their plans all these years. Uh, just take the Paris Accords, for instance. Hey, mm-hmm. Now, of course, 120 something nations signed on because, uh, oh, dickhead, and excuse my French, Obama, <laughs> uh, was just giving away U.S. Treasury funds to all these foreign nations to fight global warming. My fanny. Like, uh, how much of that money would really go to that? It, it, it was was just a raid on America. You have to understand, the rest of the world does not like us. The word is jealousy. Mm-hmm. They want to take from us, take a pound of flesh from us whenever and wherever they can. Trump has been stopping that. And, and that's my rant for the moment. <laughs> well, that I love that you brought up the Paris Accord, because it's funny. All these individuals from the media, from the left-wing corrupt media, fake news media, 
they make fun of they say, oh well, Donald Trump doesn't, you know, he's not a doctor. He doesn't he doesn't know medicine. These are the same people that take their advice from a 16 year old who predicts about climate change. Okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's how ridiculous these individuals are. Okay, a 16 year old is telling everyone that the world is going to end. You know, hey, you know, she and and, and AOC, they're they're buddies. You know, the, one was a bartender. Now she's an expert in climate change, and this is a 16-year-old who's in high school. But, you know, the, the media and the left-wing uh, politicians in this country, socialists, take, that, take the message from, from a 16-year-old. So, but they forget to tell you that George Soros basically has provided a lot of funding to that young lady and her family. So... <laughs> I, you know, it's it's just funny that you brought up the Paris Accord because I had to throw that in about uh, whatever her name is. I even forgot her name because she's irrelevant. You know, I'm not going to listen anyway, to her. And don't forget, uh, I, I'm sorry to paint the walls black, but don't forget, Soros has a, a son who's just mm-hmm. as radical, if not more radical than him. And when George finally bites the dust, uh, we're going to be dealing with this clown. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, his his organization is called Open Society for every, anyone out there who doesn't know. And that that's that's a society that uh, that group that he manages for his father is they pour money into all these left wing progressive socialist projects that are out there today. You can turn around and look any new organization, justice for peace, anything, social justice. Immediate matters, moveon.org, both of them too. Antifa also. They're all backed by George Soros and his son in open society. So I'm, I'm, I'm really taken back by when people, when people indicate that, oh, we shouldn't listen to Trump because he's not a doctor. I'm like, yeah, but you're still listening to the little little girl from Sweden, right? <laughs> Telling you that that uh, <laughs> that that uh, uh, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna be burned up and the world is gonna end in ten years. Yeah. So yes, that's, yes. Uh, I have to say, ignore the man who built the multi-billion-dollar international business entity. Ignore him. And uh, let's listen to this uh, little girl. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Now, what 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 what's going on? Can we get a a, a report on what's going on in New Jersey? Um, well, I Murphy just opened the parks. Oh, he uh, did. Wow. Most of them, that's... yes. And uh, so that's a start. But the thing I don't understand is. Why is it safe to go to Walmart, ShopRite, and other food stores, but not safe to go into small businesses? I'm just not understanding that. Well, yeah, I, I, don't I think my, my opinion on this in regards to small business is that they want to really, and I hate to say it, they want to crush them. They want to get rid of them. Uh, they, they want to harm Americans. Also, yeah. don't forget, we, we, we're dealing with racists that hate white people. So mm-hmm. exactly. 
predominantly uh, small businesses are owned by white people. That's just terrific too. Great. We can, you know, and if the, the, a few minority business owners, oh, well, although they may have special programs for minority business owners, you know, I don't know what's going on at the SBA. I don't have a small business. Uh, I am very familiar with the funeral home, but I'm, you know, excuse me, pardon me, uh, with the nursing home situation because we have a relative that's locked into that right now. Yep. Uh, me, they didn't me. have the virus. Uh, all of a sudden, the place was quarantined. You couldn't come in and out. And then people started having the virus in his nursing home. You know, and that's happened all over. It, it was a sin. These places were not prepared for this. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and you know, I, have, I have a relative also in the nursing homes in New York. Uh, so I, I know exactly what, what you're, um, you know, what's right. going on over there. But, but, but with, with Murphy, didn't Murphy say that he, that he wanted to, to, to base, keep New Jersey shut down until past uh, Labor Day? I don't know. It just, it, I thought it was indefinitely un, until, until uh, the itch you know, strikes him and he has to itch and he'll let us be free. The thing that I'm finding disturbing also is you're closing the churches, you're closing places of worship. What the hell is that? Yeah, but are we are, are we closing all the, the places of worship? Because from where I'm hearing... <laughs> yeah, good point. What, no, what, we're not. Only if you're Christian or Jewish, of course. You know, the uh, yeah, special yeah. privilege class, the uh, Muslims, uh, I, I, I don't know what they're doing with the mosques. Well, from what I'm get, I'm hearing is that there is, uh, they're actually allowed to, to pray in close proximity to each other, which is basically violating, violating the social distancing. But I'm not surprised because the hypocrisy that comes from the left is just unbearable. You know, they tell you, well, don't, do, don't do this. Hey, perfect example. It was caught on video. Barack Hussein Obama, his wife was saying, telling everyone in D.C. they have to stay home. They have to. They cannot leave. You know, shelter in place. You know, she kept repeating that to all the people. And, you know, hey, the sheeps are going are gonna to listen. Guess what happens? Her husband was going, you know, he was out there in his private country club, Robert Trent Jones in, in Virginia, playing golf. So he's not following the shelter in place. But because those things don't really apply to them. They feel that they're special. You know, so that's the same thing. It's like the mayor of Chicago. She says everyone has to stay in shelter in place. Okay, then she goes and gets a haircut. You know, it's, it's yeah, just Yeah, she has typical. the salon open just for her. Exactly. So it's basically they tell you one thing, but they're doing it. They do something different. Well, come on. By this time, if you don't realize that uh, I would say 99%, uh, you know, just because nothing is ever perfect, 99% of these Democrats are liars, hypocrites, and yes. 
I'm sure a huge percentage are thieves. And these are, these are the people that the media has allied themselves with. I, I, I don't even call it the media anymore. All of it is a PR arm of the DNC. That's what we're dealing with. And I'm so glad Trump laces into their asses. And, you know, I've tweeted, I have to say this, I've tweeted to President Trump, to his sons, to please get me credentials for the D.C. daily press briefings. And I told them right out, my purpose will be to walk up to one of these reporters and slap them right across the face with their (laughs) bullshit. Well, I, I'll tell you something. The, 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 this is going to be interesting. All the protests, all the rallies that are for reopen America are happening in Democratic-controlled states. So I know. You know, I, I briefly went on Drudge because I don't nearly go to Drudge as much as I used to, uh, barely at all. I went right. there before the show mm-hmm. to see if I could find data on the General Flynn story. Right. He had nothing. He had absolutely nothing about Flynn. However, he did. I saw something that said they were armed protesters at the Michigan Capitol. That is true. Trouble. I well, did see not- something like that. Now, also... I'm going to use this term again. It's a corporate term, paint the walls black, because I want to remind everyone what we're up against here. Because how about this? How about we have a president nutjob Biden who is going to be, you know, running around the White House with his propeller hat while the hardcore Marxist Bolsheviks are calling the shots. And here's a shot I could see them call. And how is America going to deal with this? All of a sudden, Antifa is deputized the national police force that Obama so longed for. How would we do something like that? But don't tell me it's out of the realm of possibility. Because you're right. You're you're absolutely correct, uh, Mark. This is what we're up against now, folks. the, the, The most cruel, intolerant, bigot authoritarians are this close to running the show. And if that happens, then God forbid, because uh, then I know there's going to be revolution. Americans will not tolerate this. And that's one thing, the sad thing, the leftists don't care about. And just like Pelosi knew, the uh, impeachment would not go anywhere. These leftists have to know that when they drop the hammer, because they will drop the friggin' hammer, just look back in history, tell me a time they haven't, because it's not there. It's 0-26, you know, all 20 or 0-28, whatever the hell the Marxists have rung up on their uh, grocery list. But this is what I see we're up against, which is why I love being on the show. I love students for a better future. And I want people to listen to the broadcast because we have to get this word out that this is what we're up against. Now, the cheating mofos are trying this vote-by-mail crap. 
Mm-hmm. You know, just, just anything and everything to grease the slide for fraud and cheating. That's what these sons of guns are for. They're sickening. And with just as sickening as their GOP incognito allies in D.C. After you, yeah. sir. Yeah, well, I, I think that that's a huge concern, the uh, the online voting uh, for, for the election. But I think the biggest crisis that's going to be even worse than this whole overhype of the coronavirus is the food shortage. We're having farmers... Farmers are being told to destroy the food. The shortage is going to impact in the next couple of months. And that's going to be the, that's even going to bring, bring a lot more issues, not just to this country, but to the world. Because again, all over the world, they're destroying, the globalists are destroying small and, med- and medium, medium businesses. It's happening in China. It's happening in other parts of the world. So this is a very, very well-designed plan to just keep the big, big, powerful globalist businesses running afloat. So, But the food shortage, Mark, that's a huge concern. I, I, that most definitely. I've uh, collaborated with one of my sons and we're getting a freezer because things are still uh, – they're priced higher than they normally were, but I expect things to skyrocket, and we're getting a – I'm going to load up a freezer in about five days. Yes, yes, that is – that's a, a very smart thing to do because, I mean, I'm getting reports here and there that in different parts of the country that farmers are actually being forced to destroy – in Idaho, potatoes are just because the restaurants are not open. They're not able to sell it to anyone, so they, you know, they're being forced to get rid of it. You, so, you uh, would think they'd be able to export them. Hello, you know, you have a starving world out there. Hello, okay. Yeah. So here's some potatoes, cheap. Hello, uh, I, I don't understand why they aren't being distributed in that way. Because if I was a farmer, now, and I'm not, and I'm not aware of the situation, but however, just knowing money being an older fellow, well, wait a second, why destroy this crop when I can get maybe 25 cents on the dollar for it? Right. At least get something. Well, I'm not understanding this. Well, one of the things, and, uh, you know, one of the things was the plant in, in Iowa, the Tyson plant, because they got infected. Some individuals got infected with the coronavirus, so they had to shut down. But I'm glad the president stepped forward and said, no, we're going to keep the plants open, okay? But we're going to, yeah, we're going to provide... I'm sure there's Amazon employees getting uh, coronavirus, and they're still wor- working or war working in a, a you know, warehouse-type environment. So, yes. uh, you know... This whole thing is just, again, the purpose of it is to hurt Trump and to hurt America. So you can't make sense of it unless you look at it from that perspective. Because if I'm a governor and I know, wait a second, this is happening with farmers and the restaurants are closed. Let's open stuff up. And now even, even when they do open up, 
it's not going to be the saving grace because from what I'm here, well, what I'm hearing, oh, you can only have 25% occupancy or 33% occupancy. So it's still going to be, even after things are, quote, opened up, it's still going to be a three-legged mule gimping along. And well, not the stallion we once were six months ago. Well, if you want to base, I did some research on the Wuhan. You know, that's where the, the, the virus came. The Chinese uh, communist, because I call it, I don't call it the Chinese virus. I call it the Chinese communist party virus, the, the CCP. The CCP, well, reading, reading what's going on in Wuhan, the report that's coming out of there is after they declare victory, which I don't believe that was the case, uh, the stores, many stores are still shut down. Okay, so the, the whole thing in Wuhan, the Chinese government basically declared that Wuhan was ready to open in the beginning of March. Well, sure. in, well Shanghai and Beijing are open. So what, they're right. two of their largest larger and oh, important yeah. city. Right, but I'm, I'm referring to what happened in Wuhan. What we should be expecting after we reopen. So this is the breakdown. The breakdown is that in Wuhan, many stores are still shut down. Restaurants are restricted to only takeaways. And the effect on small and medium companies in Wuhan are devastating because there's still a lot of restrictions. Now, everyone... Well, that's good, because we have restrictions here. Fine. Right. You know, I'm, I heard I'm, someone what, say this what, on the what radio. What I'm, what I'm saying to you is that if we're yeah. expecting that after we open, that everything's going to go back to normal, look no, at what's won't. happening. I'm telling you, look what I'm saying is they're going to be open with, with restrictions. Now, I also wanted to say... The Chinese play the long game, okay? Now, however, I think this is going to backfire because, you see, like you said, this is the Chinese communists. If they lost 200 million people to the virus, they would uh, snicker. If they lost $2 trillion out of the dozens of trillions that they have, they'll snicker. They think they're hurting us. But I think they're hurting themselves in the long run because now a lot of industries, a lot of uh, commercial interests are going to be leaving China because of this. So I think in the long they think this benefits them in the long run. I think in the long run it benefits us. Now, I have experience. I, I, I was in importing for Macy's. When right. Hong Kong was transferred over mm-hmm. to the Chinese from the British. And I'll tell right. you, two years before that happened, people, uh, our vendors were fleeing Hong Kong. Uh, Macau started to flourish. Macau is another Hong Kong type situation. You know, yeah. small island over China and it's Portuguese. But only the Portuguese didn't sign a lease. They just said it's ours. <laughs> they ours. You know, I'm surprised the communist Chinese don't go after that, like they're going after Taiwan. You know, and mm-hmm. also, you know, oh, I, you know, I make notes as we talk. I wanted to point out we have two 
two major influence peddlers impacting our Western media, Western businesses very strongly. We have two of them. One of them is the Arab oil money, right. Right, which is why you see all this. Uh, you know, I, I, I have a meme I use on social media, and it's John Wayne. And he, he, it, it's a picture from True Grit, you know, his old ornery face with the patch. And, he's go, and he says, you want to tell me why everyone's bending over to kiss Muslim ass? Uh, so you have to... The Arab oil influence peddlers and the Chinese influence peddlers. And it's clearly evident now when you see the media actually parroting Beijing propaganda. Are you kidding me? Now, that's the only thing that can explain the behavior we're seeing. Major people have been bought off. You know, uh, these Arab oil guys will have no problem. Hey, we'll give you a million bucks cash in a suitcase. You know, yeah, how many people are going to say no to that? You know, and then aren't going to be parroting the uh, uh, lines for their paymasters. So we have these two major, impl- like two major rivers going through a landmass, impacting it. We have this going on, and it's all about money. It's all about greed. They're paying people off right and left, and we, the people, are having to hear this BS over and over. And to me, uh, like like I said about my tweets, I want to slap someone. I really do. (laughs) I I just can't help it. You know, I don't know. It's my – maybe because I grew up in New York City slum. I don't – I, I just have to put my hands on their face. <laughs> Pardon me. You're, 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 from, the, you're from the hood. <laughs> you, you, that's it, baby. That's it. <laughs> but I, I'll, I'll tell you, an excellent point which you just made, but this, is, this, is the, this goes to the, to the heart of the problem. There are 8,500 homeless people in San Francisco. Okay? Nancy Pelosi goes on TV on one of these late-night shows, and she shows off her $24,000 refrigerator, where all yeah, these that, fancy... I was shocked. I was shocked fancy. because what a major, major league PR boo-boo that was. And right. usually she's smarter than that. So I'm happy she's off a game. But but this is, this is the part that... Look, she shows off all her, you know, her refrigerators and the fancy cookies and candy and chocolate. But Nancy Pelosi, P-Brain Pelosi, asked Congress to give $355 million for the Kennedy Center Theater instead of, of course, giving it to of her. Course. That could have housed... Stop. Yeah, it could, they it could have housed general taxpayer money. I'm sorry, but they laundered general taxpayer money for leftist persons, causes, and organizations. You know, which is why universities receive so much money because they're all you know Marxist hotbeds and uh, uh, racist do nothings and know nothings. And you know, if it's not that, it's Planned Parenthood who turns around and makes political donations. If it's not that, it's NPR. I mean, we could go on and on and on and on. 
Right, but with all that money, Mark, with all that money that P. Brain Pelosi wanted to give the Kennedy Center, it could have fed, it could have housed, it could have given clothes to every homeless person in San Francisco. So it fat. They it don't baffles. care. They don't care. Fat, they want to. Yeah, the gravy fat. train has got to chug on, because you saw who's on the board of the Kennedy Center. It was like the, uh, uh, you know, Marxist old boys club from Chicago. I think Jarrett's there, Rice is there. You know, all all these, uh, the, the worst of the worst, Michelle Obama. Right. From the shithole in Chicago, uh, yeah. So, would you would you think that this is a cruel thing to say? If I would say COVID nineteen is a real disease that sickens some and proves to be fatal to others, mostly mainly the, the elderly and infirmed, right? And does nothing to the vast majority of people. Okay. That's number one. So all these models that Dr. Fraud and, 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 and Dr. Burks got up there every day with President Trump and said, this model shows us that it's, the curve is basically increasing. We're going to need to provide more ventilators. We need to provide more protective gear, more hazmat suits, suits. And then all these Democratic governors came out and said, we want ventilators, like Andrew Baby Whiny Boy Cuomo said, we need all these ventilators, 40,000 of it. Guess how many were used? Mark? I don't know, but I'm going to start referring to him as Fredo Two, when I'm talking about Andrew Cuomo. Fredo <laughs> Two, baby. <laughs> well, five of them were used. Okay. Yeah, how about the hospital all... ship that sailed all the way into New York Harbor and then sailed away with nothing? I was go. I was just heading there. So Cuomo was bitching and whining about we need. Oh, all these hospitals in New York City are going to be overwhelmed, totally overwhelmed. So he gets the president to bring in the, the U.S. Comfort from Norfolk, Virginia. He makes the Jacob Javis, and you and I have been to the Jacob Javis. It's a huge place. And created multiple hospitals, thousand beds. Guess how many people were attended at Jacob Javis and at the hospital. Was it over a dozen? Was it over a dozen? 90. (laughs) 90 people were attended. So, but where's the criticism? Where is the criticism of Andrew Cuomo for basically not planning correctly, not analyzing the situation, and also following the models from Dr. Fraud and Dr. Burke? Who well, basically, also, I'd also buying solar panels instead of ventilators from New York State. They were supposed to buy ventilators. He bought solar panels. Isn't that cool? I'd probably solar panels made in China, I'll add. Yeah, but, but he's not the only one. Governor Newsom brought 
spent, I think, about a high amount. I don't, I can't remember the exact amount. He bought masks, face masks, from the government, from the Chinese Communist government. And guess what? They never got oh, yeah, the, they were the all shipment. <laughs> they never, no, no, they never got the actual face mask from from this corporation. That is, you know, when I went to China, one of the things that I still remember is the individuals there telling me that every company that you see in China that's supposed to be a Chinese corporation is really not independent of the government. The government actually controls all these corporations. Oh yeah, they 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 have a firm grip on everything. And if you step out of line, they have no problem just shooting you. You know, I I've seen it in well, I've heard of it in my own dealings with mainland China. You know, we had this one manager, I, I told you the first big order Macy's place, the Westerners place. And when they went back the next year, they were looking for the guy. They're like, you know, where's Sam or whatever the heck his name was. And they also, oh, he was transferred this or that. And someone quietly took one of them aside and said they, they took him out back and they shot him for selling the rugs at that price. You know, so, <laughs> so this is what the Chinese people have to deal with. You know, no, if you get out of line, forget it. These guys make the mafia look like romper room, for God's sakes. Right. Well, but uh, I, 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 yeah, I, I have to tell you, it's one of the things that that and I and, and you know what I did, I did a show when I was in Shanghai. I did my show at that time because it was basically that was before I I had met uh, Doreen, uh, and the person that I interviewed on that show basically told me we can talk about everything except politics because. If I have a I have a business here, and if they basically learn or hear me, which they are, so I'm just preparing you. This is what he told me. He said, "Do not talk about politics or criticize because they'll shut you down and they'll arrest you right away." Uh, yep. And yep, I said, and, and you know what? You should have bought that person dinner for giving you that solid advice. I did. I did take him to dinner. Uh, I, t- I took him and his wife to dinner that there day. There you go. Uh, Good man. Yeah. See, we think alike. No wonder we're on the show together. <laughs> so it, it, it was my first experience really dealing and, and being in a, in a, in a, in a communist-controlled country. And it was, it was not fun. I mean, I enjoyed going to the Great Wall of China. I, I, I enjoyed going to forbidding, the Forbidden City and, and different parts. of. I mean, I, we traveled. We went to five different cities from Beijing to, to Shanghai. And it was wow, a really, trip. Yeah, it was a two-week trip. And, and uh, I went with my son. And, and, and as a matter of fact, his Chinese club at, at his high school. And it was fun. How old, how but, old, how old was your son when you did this? He was 13. Wow, he wow. Was, yeah, I asked that because I have four sons. <laughs> yeah, he was, thir- he was 13, and we flew from, we flew from JFK 
all, uh, we stopped in Alaska, and then we flew to Beijing. I mean, it was like an 18-hour yeah, flight. Nice. And wow. I remember, I remember when we when we landed in Beijing, they ba- they basically questioned, they checked all of our, our bags because they don't they didn't they don't want any foreign food to be coming in. So I was told that. So I had a feeling that I was not going to enjoy the Chinese food in China because it's different from the Chinese food in America. Yes, yes. yes. So, I know. Yes. <laughs> Yes, so totally, totally. You're not going to get uh, sesame chicken. <laughs> there was no wonton soup. There was no roast pork fried rice. I mean, it was totally, I mean, when we when we got off the plane and we got on this bus that was there to pick us up, it was about, I, I would say about 30 of us. We, we, were, we were on, you know, a tour. So the first place that they take us after an 18-hour flight, we landed in Beijing at like 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And they take us to a hotel, I mean, to a restaurant. And I, I'm like, oh, okay, man, I'm, gonna, I'm ready to have my wonton soup and my roast pork fried rice. Man, was, was I wrong. He shows me the, the waiter. The, the waiter shows me, you know, he gives me the the, the the, the uh, menu, and I don't recognize anything. And I said to him, "How come there's no wonton soup?" Is it soup? And, Chinese? No, it was English and, and, and Chinese, uh, oh, Mandarin, okay. and, and Mandarin, and, and and everyone's there. You know, I'm not very adventurous when it comes to food, experimenting with different food. Mark, I don't know if you me are, either, but I'm me not. Either. Well, I have a yeah. bad stomach, so I have to be careful. Yeah, so. Basically, I didn't eat anything at all. Yeah. And I, and and then they didn't even have but, dim sum for God's sake. Dim sum? No, they didn't have any. It, it was totally. I mean, they didn't. As I went along every day, I got to learn that the most stressful part of that trip was breakfast, lunch, and dinner, because. Every everywhere we went, I didn't recognize the food, and so luckily, luckily, so how many pounds luckily, did you lose? How many pounds lost, did you lose in two weeks? I lost fourteen pounds in See? two weeks. Wow! I called it the China the China diet. Yep. <laughs> and but finally, yeah, yeah I mean, Americans don't realize what you have. You go to the store. I mean, we're we're, we're getting a taste of it now with the Odd absence of toilet paper, paper towels, other paper products, disinfectants, etc. But mm-hmm. uh, that's the standard and the norm, you know, outside of the Western world and inside the Western world too. And uh, yeah, these food shortages, like you say, are going to be the next round. And these malicious, evil people that I'm talking about are loving it because guess what? They'll be eating prime rib. They'll be eating shrimp cocktail, but you won't. Right, exactly. I mean, it's like uh, my ex-brother-in-law. I mean, he was from Cuba. And basically over there, the people in charge, part of the Cuban Communist Party, they had all the food. They lived the uh, the life of the rich and famous. 
Oh, Everyone yeah. else? I, I told you. Everyone else? Friend. Yeah. My best friend in this city was first-generation Cuban. I'm first-generation American, also European. Yeah. Yeah. And in 1970, and I won't go into the whole story. I'm just going to tell you, in 1970, his first cousin, they managed to buy him out of Cuba. And in 1970, I sat in the living room for hours, and my friend translated because he spoke he spoke Spanish. He was Cuban. And right. uh, I was peppering this kid with questions to find out what the hell is going on over there. And it was frightening. It was frightening. And you don't hear that. And then you run into an American like Bernie Sanders, who lauds what's going on in Cuba. Well, tens of thousands have been murdered, imprisoned, tortured, private wealth stolen. Uh, my friend, uh, they were sending a certain medication for one of his uncles into Cuba. And the communication was so poor, they didn't know. First of all, he wasn't getting it when he was alive. Then he died. They kept on sending it because they didn't know he was even had deceased. I mean, this is the type of crap that goes on. You know, they're shipping the medicine to Cuba, and the customs people are taking it. I don't know if it's for the government, for themselves, on the black market. Who knows? Because it's very corrupt. Uh, you, outside in uh, uh, South America, Asia, Africa, business is very corrupt, I know, because I've dealt with them, you know, on an international scale for eight years. And you really have to watch your fanny. And uh, when you were talking about that story about uh, Fredo too, and uh, the masks, or, or, or was it Newsom uh, that bought the masks from China and didn't get them? Yeah. Normally, yeah. when you're doing business with Asia, I don't know if it's changed in the past 10 years, but you do it via letter of credit. And until Mark. the uh, vendor can prove to the freight forwarders that he has fulfilled the shipment, uh, nothing gets released. You know, the shipment has to really go through freight forwarders and customs, and then the letter of credit is honored. The bank honors it. So if they didn't deliver, I hope uh, Newsom or whoever or Fredo too was using a letter of credit because then they at least didn't lose their money. Or lose, excuse me, lose the taxpayer money, which they seem so, you know, eager to do. Well, I wouldn't put it, I wouldn't put too much trust in either Newsom or Cuomo because they're they're both very stupid. You know, no common sense at all. You know, well, but, but again, they're very lucky. Do they that have any governor- private sector experience? Because these lifetime politicians are or stool at best, okay? I mean, they've never been in the outside world. You take someone like Schumer, you know, Chuck Schumer, New York State, senior senator, who, by the way, I had it out with on a Brooklyn uh, elevated platform, so subway, (laughs) you know, because I lived, I'm telling you, I've gone I've been this type of person, I think, my whole life. I've gone into so many, you know, I lived at the Kings Highway train station, which was a major hub in Brooklyn. I know exactly. I know exactly where that is. I lived just, I lived a block and a half away from it, you know, in in a nice residential street in Midland. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, all the buses that, you know, there's sections of Brooklyn that don't have subways. So the, 
people that don't take the express bus, they take the regular city bus to the subway, you know, Kings Highway. So my yeah. point is, every election, there were always politicians there because there were just tens of thousands of people. And I've chased Bella Abzug, uh, Andrew oh my Stein, God. Carol wow, Bellamy, all wow, these people, all of a sudden, as soon as you challenge them, them and their whole entourage would run down the steps <laughs> and get you off are, the platform. You are bringing back names that I have not heard in years. Yeah, Carol Bellamy. I know, Carol Bella Ops. Yeah. Those, I mean, yeah, I grew yeah. up Even with, Bella Ops are Grant. Andrew yeah, Stein. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mark Green. Mark uh, Green, yeah. Uh, another do-nothing New York politician. But I'll give Schumer credit. He stood there and he took it. Yep. And Schumer's pretty tall because I'm six feet. I had on dress shoes, and he was a little taller than me. But what? a man like that is a career politician. He's never worked in the private sector. So from my perspective, he doesn't know his ass from his elbow, and neither do well, most of them. Well, he may be tall, but he's an idiot. He's a he's a complete idiot because yeah, but he stood uh, on that platform. I forget what I was ripping into him. I just remember him turning red, you know, and his entourage know, trying to stand in front, you know, because they always travel with entourages. Uh, yeah, you, you know, know his entourage have, was getting in between me and him. You know, first there was one between us, then two between us, then three between us. But I just I got a loud voice. I was just letting them have it. And the thing that I love is my fellow. Uh, commuters would all be laughing at them. So and that would add insult to injury. You, you know, you, you're, you're tearing into them and everyone's, ah, pointing at them. And they would even, like I said, Bella Abzug, she was a tough cookie. They ran away. <laughs> she, was, she, was, she was a tough cookie. I mean, I mean, she was up there with, uh, I would say she's probably, I thought, I thought Mayor Lindsay was very tough. I mean, I was a kid when Lindsay was uh, was the mayor of New York, but I, I yeah, I, I the also, first day as mayor, what it was massive garbage strike. Yes, well, and the other one was Mayor A. Beam. Oh, A. Beam, mm-hmm. they run. What the hell? You, you, you know what? I was, I, I was on top of the world when Beam was in office. You know, and that was when Son of Sam thing was going on. Yeah, yeah. And I ran around the. I used to go to a, if you remember the chain, Steak and Brew, and also yes. what I considered the best best movie theater in New York City. It was just a walk from the Steak and Brew in Forest Hills where the streets yeah. are red. And Son of yeah. Sam had shot two people <laughs> yeah. over yeah. there. And I insisted on going out, you know, because I worked my tail off. And when I had off, you know, I... Uh, there, there was nothing I, I, I wouldn't uh, avail myself of, and I wanted to go, you know, have a great steak and some beer and salad and oh, see yeah? a great movie. And my and my, my girlfriend was being so skittish. I was like, oh, cut it out, you know. <laughs> well, I love I love Forest Hills. I, one of my one of my friends from grammar school lives still lives in Forest Hills, uh, and also I love going to to. Um, in Brooklyn, around 86th Street in Bensonhurst, in the Bensonhurst oh, yeah. area. I, I lived right by there. I, I, I lived by Gravesend, Brooklyn, which, yes. uh, you know, Avenue X turned into, I think, 86th Street. 
Yeah, eighty six Street. Uh, yeah, I used to I used to play basketball and then go to Manhattan, Manhattan Beach, and then go to Coney Island. I mean, or we yeah, would go. Coney Island was was right or, there. Or you would, know, that's funny. That section is called Bath yeah. Beach, also. And the yes. thing that I remember living there is like every block had two or three gyms, and every guy yeah. walking around was like you know these uh, Italian muscular guys, you know, with the mustaches, the Italian t-shirts, and all the jewelry. You know, yeah, I was Vin, running around hey, with those guys. Yeah, it's like, hey, it's like, hey, Vinny, how you doing? Yeah, and it's called hey, Bath Beach, and, and it, it, for some yeah. reason it's filled with gyms. Now, I don't know yeah. how, this is uh, 79 I'm going back, Mono. Oh, yeah. We used to, we used to go, we used to go from high, uh, during, when we were in high school, we used to basically uh, cut out Sometimes, like in our senior year, we cut out and, and go to either Coney Island or we go to Far Rockaway Beach and hang out. Oh, from, when you were cut out from what, school? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, you know what? We, we, we used to go. We used to cut school, too, a lot. I cut school a lot. Uh, and and yeah. it was because of the teacher's strike and the Marxist bullshit even back then. Uh but we used to go to, in Brooklyn, it was called the St. George Hotel, and it had a nice okay. pool and sauna, and we think it was like a gay hangout, but we would go like seven guys, so no one would bother us. You know, we would play basketball, <laughs> this, go to the pool, you know, we, it cost a few dollars to get in. You, it was when, when, when you went in, you automatically got a locker, you know, your own locker. Right. So uh, we used to do that. I've also all the sites in New York City I went to when I was cutting high school, the Statue of Liberty, Empire State Building, da, 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 you know. <laughs> wow. I, I, yeah, I went I went to I went to high school right there in, in, in right in, in the heart of the city in, in Midtown. So but me anyway. too, me too. I, I went to high school on fifteenth uh, Street. Where did you go? Thirty fourth and park. Thirty fourth what the hell is over there? Central, uh, it was Central Commercial High School. Oh, wow. I never even heard of that. Yeah, yeah. What high school did you go? Oh, you yeah, went to Howard, right? A, a Central Park, I mean, excuse me, a Park Avenue address, slapped my wrist and called me Kate. Wow. <laughs> I used to rollerblade. I used to rollerblade from, from because I, I lived on the Upper West Side. I just, I would rollerblade. Uh, I hate, I, no, I had to I, take I, I, subways. It was a nightmare. I used to, I used to hate taking the train in New York City. I, I, would I used to have it. to because I lived in Queens and I had to go to 14th, 15th Street, right, no, right by Beth Israel Hospital. That was the old Stuyvesant. Yes, so I would have right to up. take the Stuyvesant, seven, Stuyvesant Projects. The Stuyvesant Projects are right, acro- right across from Beth Israel. Wait, those aren't projects. That's Stuyvesant Town. That, that used to be well, hoity-toity. I mean, they're, they're not officially called projects, but they look, there's a whole bunch of buildings. Because oh, my yeah, dad. I know. I, you know what? I, had, dad, I my, thought they were hoity toity because I had a Jewish girlfriend and her father was some legislature or assemblyman and he hated me, you know, because I was a goyim, you know, and his daughter's <laughs> Jewish, his daughter's Jewish. And and plus I had long hair, you know. <laughs> the father <laughs> hated me. That relationship didn't last too long. Although well, she would sneak me up to her apartment during the day when her parents <laughs> were at work, <laughs> we would cut school 
and be naughty. <laughs> well, that was right on 14th Street and First First or Second Avenue. And my dad, when he got sick, that's where we took him. We took him to, uh, to Beth Israel. That's what. Uh, yeah, what actually I know. That's, plus, you know, I was across the street. Plus, when we, also we would cut school, we would go to the Beth Israel cafeteria in the morning, and have yeah. a, a toasted roll and a cup of coffee or tea because it was very inexpensive, and we would yeah. hang out there for a couple of hours or so until we figured out where we were all heading. And we were usually mixed company, you know, boys and girls, and Definitely. we would like take over the uh, cafeteria. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I I, I enjoy, oh God, I enjoy talking so about this. I know it's bringing back memory, but I want to cover before we have four minutes to go. I want to cover something that that I I posted that was sent to me that I thought was really revealing. Not because I didn't know about it, but it, it just basically showed me that in today the globalists basically will throw it right in your face. They don't really care, and I don't know if you noticed it was. Uh, about a couple of weeks ago, they had a program with Lady Gaga and all these celebrities and the Hollywood weirdos, and, and they, they basically were promoting one world, one world together at home, which I call extreme propaganda. Did you well, get a chance you know to see what? it? Did, I'm, did I'm you, sick did, of these people. They are naive, yeah? ill-educated, and uh, condescending. And also, like you said at the in the part of the program, it's do as I say, not as I do, because they're going to do whatever the hell they want, you know, fly around, ex- extravagant dinners and whatnot. In the meantime, you know, we're supposed to be throwing cow chips into the furnace to heat our homes. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, well, if you have a chance, if anyone out there has a chance, watch it, because it's so revealing in regards to this whole thing that they they created, shelter at home. They won't say confined. They won't say locked because those terms are not really convenient for them. That's not cool. They can't say that. They have to come up with something cool for the other naive, ill-educated, I don't want to say the last word, that that are out here in this country. There's just too damned many of them. Exactly. And the other part is when they, whenever you hear the term, be safe, safe in your home, do we want you to be safe at home? What they actually mean by safe is we want, we want to control you in your home because if you're in your home, we can control you. If you're out there, we will not be able to control you. So yeah, the, that's, you know, the next step, uh, like Orwell said, they're going to, after we're locked in our homes, they're going to install telescreens, you know, so they could watch what they, what we're doing, you know. Definitely. You know, like in the Orwell well, 1984. Yes. Well, before we go, next week we have a really, Mark, this young man is, is an excellent writer. I won't reveal his name yet. He's going to be on the program next week. But great, great. You're, go, you're, go, you're going to enjoy, and I'll send you some of his writing, it's unbelievable and he's he's a millennial and that's good and he so mark great talking to you today next week we have our special guest 
have a great week and keep and God pushing bless forward. America. God bless. Reopen America now. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Good night. Good night.